Welcome to Return to Oswald. I'm Derek, and I have prepared a statement. All right. I... I quit. I quit. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> I quit, Mr. White. Okay, so here's, here's, here's my response. <laughs> Put your headphones back on. No. Look, here's the thing. No. You No. You made you made a promise. I did, and I'm keeping that shit. No. No, you made a promise. I made two I made two conflicting promises. You made you made a promise where you said you said that you would quit. Um you said you would quit if he won. If if the if the those were the winning numbers. I I said you have to at least wait until the next episode. Yeah, you did say that. You you said that you would wait until the next episode. Yeah. And I don't even know that. I don't even know if it all comes out on the next episode. I think because something else happens because of this. Like this is a this sets off a chain reaction of some things. Scar, and Scar, Scar. You're going to recognize this. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> no, sir. You cannot cash out. No, I'm cashing out. You cannot cash out. I'm cashing out. Okay, for those who don't know, uh, cashing out is uh, when that song was popular. That was also what we used uh, when one of us got fed up on the dream team and said that we were fucking leaving. We quit the dream team. Like, <laughs> niggas quit that bitch like 15, 11 times. <laughs> yeah. So, that, so rest in peace to the dream team. I still want that shit back. Man, but I anyway, love y'all. But anyway, um, yeah, you made you made up you made a promise to wait until at least the next episode. But there's there's this is just the this is just the start of this situation. I don't know if the ending is on the next episode. I know how this storyline plays out. And it'll play out before the end of the season, right? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, we only got three episodes left. Right. So I don't know if it, I don't know how, when it finishes, but I know this is just the start of it. I am fully prepared if everyone's telling me the truth to quit at the end of the season, but I'd be damned if I don't see this jump the shark moment. <laughs> this, this, this jump the shark moment is. If it it's is, worse, it can't be. I can't possibly imagine anything worse than an angel showing up for real. That was not an angel. That was Dylan, bitch. That was Dylan. We're going to stop calling it an angel. Dylan appeared like superimposed against a starry background in a... Oh, God damn it. He's an angel. It's worse. We know he's an angel because he ascended. When I tell you... He did not ascend. He grew to like 60 feet tall. He's Ant-Man. When I tell you how <laughs> when I tell you how bad it is, I'm not gonna tell you what it is. It's it's like 
throwing your controller into your TV while you're playing a video game bad. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it was some bad shit in this episode too. Yeah, you know we about I mean? to make fun of it because I got I I That's actually I can I can say that I made a new sound clip off some of this shit. I told you, Saeed is at his best when he is doing his theater acting shit. <laughs> what Saeed was doing this episode? Like his, his punching is, it's all theater acting to me. Like, it's all like you are trying to make sure that the person way in the back can understand what the fuck's happening. So, <laughs> this episode starts off with Saeed being mad about Robeson uh, murdering Ahmad, which I don't give a fuck about that nigga. I only knew him for like half an episode. And Saeed didn't even like him. Saeed literally was punking correct. him off the table. So why you, you mad? Correct. Why you mad? Look, look, look. Sidebar. Fuck all y'all niggas who say that you wouldn't do shit to your worst enemy. Bitch, that's your worst enemy. There's a list, a literal list of things that I would do to my worst enemy. And one of them involves what the fuck happened to Brass in the last couple of episodes when he got gassed in the face with piss, vomit, and shit. I wouldn't do that to my worst enemy. Why not? Because I don't hate anybody that much. Then you don't have enemies. I have enemies. Yeah, I don't yeah, hate I don't. anybody that much. There's levels to enemies. No, when you, you go to war. When you go to war, that's your enemy. But they have rules of engagement for a reason. There's things you can't do. Nah, when I go to war, I'm fighting against people I don't know. I know these niggas. So you're George Bush. Like, honestly, war is different for me. If I go to war, first of all, I'm not going to war because I don't know these motherfuckers. I'm not killing somebody I don't know. But my worst enemies and Scar knows my worst enemies. Scar can tell you literally I've been plotting on my niggas for like 12 years. They are not worst enemies. They're not worst enemies. They're just they're just people who did some fuck shit. And Rashani will never let it go ever not until i get vengeance niggas will die by the end of the album i guarantee you fuck shit it's not a worse enemy no, they i had this discussion with my wife yesterday is she on my page she's on my page isn't she because i told her we were watching no i was talking i was talking to her this is some really nerd like yes i love I when you talk your nerd shit come on give it to me I don't want to, you know, not nerd like that, like nerd, like smart nerd. Like this is going to. Yeah, give it to me. I love I I love this shit. For those y'all who don't know, for hold on before before you say this, for those y'all who don't know, let me tell you right now, flatly as fuck. Brandon is brilliant as shit. Like Brandon is damn near genius levels of just intelligence. And I am awed whenever this motherfucker opens his mouth. Scar has that I mean, same thing when it comes to, 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 to drums and music. Brandon has it when it just comes to politics and shit like this. So, Brandon, go. The nigga literally calls himself a cool black nerd. Like, what the fuck? I was right? talking to my <laughs> wife about game theory, and I was explaining to her what game theory is. And It's a Roots scenarios. album, isn't it? That too. That's a better question for Scar. In different scenarios, that how game theory, how you apply it to life and politics and economics and just general life situations. And like a, a, a popular game theory scenario is the prison dilemma, right? So the prison dilemma is essentially, you know, if if me and Rashani, let's say me and Rashani aren't friends, like when we first met, like we just knew like each me other and Scar. In, a, in a Facebook group and yeah. we decided to rob a bank and we got caught and we got caught, but the police don't really have that much on us, right? They don't really have that much on us, but we committed a previous crime so they can give us two years. So 
if we both just deny that we did, they don't have a lot, like they don't have all the evidence for the crime. So we can deny that we did it. So if we, if we both deny that we did it, they're going to arrest us for a previous crime and we're going to get two years. If one of us, if I say, you know what? I did it. I admitted it. And then Rashani says, nope, I ain't do it. Then I'll go free and Rashani will get 10 years. If Rashani says I did it and I say, nope, he'll get go free and I'll get 10 years. And if we both say we did it, we both confess, like we both confess to doing the crime, then we'll only get five years. So if we both don't say anything, we get two. If we both admit, we both get five. And if one of us admits and the other doesn't, then you you can possibly get ten, and the other one will go free, right? So mm-hmm. the game theory is like what do you like that movie? To do? What was that? What was the name of that movie where um, Squid Game? No, 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 I ain't talking about that. I did watch that by the way. Stay on, Super- stay on point, stay on point, stay on point. Yeah. So no. the, so the prison dilemma, and this is gonna this is gonna tie in, but the prison dilemma is a game theory that people it's a very popular one that you can apply to life about because it's basically you're trying to figure out like okay what's the best situation for everyone, right? Because you, without colluding, like you can't collude. You can't say like, we're both not going to say anything beforehand. It's like if if it's independent and nobody knows what the other person is going to say, what should you do that would be the best case scenario for you, right? And the, and the answer is you should admit it, that you did it. Because five years is less than 10, right? And there's no, and there, there's no answer. If you don't admit it, there's no guarantee that they won't admit it. That they won't admit it, right? So if you won't admit it, you can you can either you're either going to get ten years, or you're going to get two years. And if, but if you do admit it, the max you're going to get is five, right? The max is not ten anymore. The max is five, or you'll mm-hmm. get, or you'll get nothing if the other person doesn't admit it, or you'll get out, right? So that's the best case scenario. So mm-hmm. I was explaining that to my wife, and I was trying to, and then I told her some other explain. I was going really deep into game theory. Uh, because we learned a lot about that in grad school and economics. That's just so fascinating to me. So I started watching YouTube. Anyway, we're talking about the prison one, right? Then she goes, and she completely ignores my entire game theory conversation. Yes! Go, Brandy. back to the prison dilemma. And then she tells me, if you you already told me that if I commit a crime, you ain't going to defend me. And I said, I didn't say that. I said that if you commit a heinous crime, I'm not going to defend you. Then you said that. And then she was like, well, I'm, you know, I said for thicker things, so even though I might divorce you, I'm still going to help you get a lawyer if you commit a crime and stuff. And then you'll, you know, then we'll go separate ways, but I'm not going to just like let you rot with a public defender. And I said, Brandy, I said, if it's a heinous crime, I'm not going to leave you if they catch you with some marijuana. And just gonna leave you if he catch you eating a human leg. <laughs> I said, if you commit a crime like cold blooded murder, and she said, well, what if I get in an argument with someone on the internet and I fucked them up and killed them? And I said, well, that's different because they came, they approached you, and you got into a fight, and then it escalated. That can happen all the time. It's called manslaughter. That's not murder. And so we got to this whole argument about like, okay, what, you know, I would well, do this well, to someone. I would do that to someone. And I'm like, why would you do those things to someone? And that relates to Rashani. He's talking about his greatest enemy. You know how much an enemy you have to be for me to want to shit, piss, and bleed into a bucket and throw it on someone? 
It doesn't take much. Like that is extreme levels of harm that you must have caused me. See, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, pimpin'. See, so you were talking about gang theory. Let me tell you about gang theory, okay? Gang theory states clearly on page number five. Nigga, what say? The gang theory states clear clearly on page five, chapter 187. The funk ain't over till somebody dies. If I catch you on the street, you caught. There's enemies everywhere, and you gotta eliminate the enemy before they eliminate you. You gotta so, take out the ox, right? You gotta pull out that Megatron sized blammer and you gotta get them niggas before they get you, dog. You gotta get them niggas. Okay, Anybody want a cheeseburger? Anybody <laughs> want a cheeseburger? Okay, so anyway, that the movie I was talking about is called Return to Paradise. But that was a good movie. That was the one where the dude got caught selling uh, weed in, in no, like no, Thailand no. or something, isn't it? Yeah, Joaquin the, Phoenix. Well, yes, and they were they were in they were in Malaysia, something like that. Yeah, yeah, and it, it basically it's a similar thing to what you were talking about, where basically they were they they took three guys took a trip. A, I'm gonna have that to, to the list. That was a really good ass movie. Three guys took a trip to Malaysia. Um, while while they were there, they rented a bike and and the bike got fucked up and they tossed the bike to the side. And then they they were smoking a whole bunch of weed, a whole bunch of hash or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, the two guys leave and Joaquin Phoenix stays behind. When they come looking for the bike, they find him with all of this weed. Mm-hmm. And now he's now he's up for he's up for distribution charge because it was that much. But he's in a situation to where it's like he's going to be there. He can be put to death for this because it was that much weed, according to them. But if the other two guys come back and they go to prison in Malaysia for and they, they if both come back, they only spend three years in prison. Mm-hmm. They all only spend three years. And then, but if one only comes back, then they have to do like six or something like that. So while we're here, because this episode was so bad, I do want to get this one out too. So oh, here's man. another classic scenario. And I know Rashani is going to fail this one. Scar, I don't know. But I know Rashad is going to fail this one. Although okay. I used to think Rashad was the nicest person in the world, but now I don't know. I'm trying to tell you, I've been, I, I, I have yes. literally always told you I'm not, I used to be, a, I used so, to be. Rashad is the most undercover conniving. Like he is, he is a great <laughs> dude, but like when, when you're on, when you're on the inside and you so know, he's Jim you know, Cornette. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, but when you know when you know when you know what goes on inside of his mind, um, a, a lot of what you think goes away. Yeah, there's la- there's layers to this. I'm like an onion. So, Rashani, if I give you a hundred dollars, right, uh-huh. and the condition of me giving you a hundred dollars is that you have to give some of that money to Scar. Okay. Okay. Uh huh. But but here's a scenario. In order for you to keep the portion of money left after you give Scar. Uh-huh. Scar has to accept what you give him. Okay. So Scar knows that I gave you a hundred dollars. So Scar okay. knows that I gave you a hundred dollars, mm-hmm. and he knows that you have to give some of that money to him. Okay. And if he and if he doesn't accept it, you don't get shit. Neither one of y'all get shit. Y'all get okay. zero dollars. Okay. And so the question is, how much money would you give Scar? And then the other question for Scar is, how much would you take, or is there an amount of money that you wouldn't take? See, here's the thing. No 
Knowing Scar as long as I've known him, I know that there is no way he'd accept any money I gave him unless it was actually in service of doing something. There's so been Scar times that I've offered Scar money to just the most menial things. He'd just be talking. I'd be like, yo, I got it. And he'd be like, fuck you, bro. So I know he wouldn't take it. So I wouldn't even offer it to him. Yeah, I wouldn't. I, you know goes. what? I, I just talked with somebody at one of the girls on my basketball team who has asthma and she can't afford an inhaler. And so I was like, you know what? I will buy an inhaler for you. And she got mad as fuck. Not because she didn't want people to know that she couldn't afford an inhaler or that she didn't have an inhaler, but she felt like she was now obligated to owe me because I was going to buy her that inhaler. And I was like, no, it's not even like that. That's Scar. Scar has these, these morals. <laughs> yeah, <know> so. <laughs> Scar yeah, has these morals. That's a totally different scenario because... The difference in that is if Scar says no, you don't get shit. Right. You so instead of him money. saying no, I just wouldn't even offer him money. No, but you I would, have to offer I him would money. take I would take enough. I would take enough to satisfy the terms of the agreement where so he if, if Rashad said I'll give you a dollar, then he'd be it. happy with a dollar. So then I get ninety nine. Yes. And then he probably the give, and, then, and then he'd probably give me the dollar back. Yes, that is the correct. <laughs> and line. then we probably go out to dinner somewhere and spend like ninety eight bucks. We that is, that is the correct uh, answer. But the problem is, my in life, nigga, and, and most people will be like, "You gonna keep? You got a hundred dollars? You ain't gonna give me a dollar? Fuck you! We both gonna be broke." You That's what most half. people react. You gonna give me, but you see, you gonna give, you're gonna give me my half? Theory, game, but game theory tells you the person who's receiving the money. Their two choices are zero dollars or, or whatever, whatever that person you. gives them. And mm-hmm. whatever that person gives them is more than what they came into there with. So they come out on top. Always Regardless. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so that's a that's a classic game theory scenario used in race with white oh. people and black people. White okay. pe- a lot. They all there's a big theory in politics that says like white people will take less than what they possibly could make to make sure some white racist white people would take less than what they possibly could make to make sure that other people, black and round people, have even less. I can see that. I can definitely see that. So that I know it has nothing to do with the show, but I always ask that scenario to people because it's an interesting one. Because most people's initial reaction is like, are you going to give me one penny out of your $100? Fuck you then. We ain't going to get, both of us aren't going to have shit. Mm. When the answer should always be yes. So yeah, listeners, check out, if you're not familiar with it, check out Game Theory. It's dope. It helps you with problem solving in life big time so like i said he ain't he ain't saeed is mad about a nigga that he didn't even like and leo's like you know what you might be mad and you think ropes and killed him but you ain't got no proof so since you ain't got no proof get the fuck out of my office more or less because saeed is like doing investigation and lee and leo's like on what on what, dog? What do you want me to investigate? No, I think it goes the other way around. <clears throat> Saeed asked him, what are you going to do? He's like, we're just going to continue our investigation. On what? <laughs> and then he's like, but I ain't going to prove, so we're just going to do our investigation. And they were just, they were unsatisfied with that because they know that it's not going to turn into anything. Mm-hmm. So they walked out and uh, Saeed was like, he going to get his. He gonna, he he really reminded me of a uh, black on belly sitting on the couch with no pants on rubbing his dirty ass into the couch. Y'all going to get yours, B. Y'all going to get yours. And Robeson is delivering the mail. I, w- I would think in a in a just world, you wouldn't have an openly racist person delivering the mail 
but I don't know prison. You would think has though, a job. Let me wear what you, you want to. Would, you would think though. Prison? You would think yeah, though. I would. I would rather them deliver the mail than to put them in the kitchen. <laughs> I would have more textiles. What's textiles? But, but uh, clothing. The the, the 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 dress shop. Yeah, oh, I would have them in what, there. You want them in fucking with people's clothing that you got to put on? Yes, I would rather have him fucking with clothing than telling me that he's refusing to give me my mail. I don't think there's a good place to put racist people in that in that right? that, that 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 piece of society. Like there's there's not a good place to put them. So like the Just mail is deal with them. the mail is as good as any. Yeah, I feel um, you. And 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 as far as we have as far as we've known, at least there's always a guard in the mailroom. <laughs> <laughs> Except for one of mine got stabbed up. Um, yeah, but somehow were, people's were, thumbs and they were fingers not, they, were making they their way in the mail room. Where were they? Because it, they he were was, like, "You're receiving was, packages. We got to check if you're stealing." He st- he was um he was stacking some like food or like like food supplies boxes and something like that. That's what he was doing when they. Oh, were I, I thought they had him like, in the mail I think room. he was. I think he was near at or near the 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 kitchen. So Robeson is delivering mail and um. Omar comes up and says, hey, man, you got any mail for Saeed? This was the best part. I hope you have this clip. Yes. Yo, um, you got Minister Saeed's mail in there? You know, Omar, I discovered that the minister and I have something in common. Yeah, okay. We both support slavery. For me, slavery don't exist anymore, which is a damn shame. But according to this book in the library, for those Muslims, slavery is alive and well. In Africa. That's right. Ah, I figured Saeed must have known that too, since he went and got himself one. You? What are you having about? I ain't, I ain't nobody motherfucking slave and shit, man. You told that barge. You lift that bail. Use his house, nigga. <laughs> you motherfucker! Omar! Come here. Yo, look. Now, I know I ain't supposed to fight you, but. But don't no motherfucking body talk to me like that! Call me Omar! Bring that ass here, boy. <laughs> Fuck. I am your fucking nigga. I was wondering how long it was going to take for him to get mad at how brolic Saeed has been talking to that nigga. Like, he talks to him hella reckless. Yes. Bring that ass here. Like, he's like, oh... And so he's been talking to him hella reckless, and and Omar finally realized that thanks to fucking ropes and who honestly has gone up my list of favorite characters. God help me. Oh, just wait next season. That nigga gets some one-liners like a motherfucker. I still have not forgotten Huey, Dewey, and Jigabooey. My wife had to talk me out of making it a goddamn shirt. (laughs) Yo, I'm going to say this. What happens to him in the next season is it makes you love him more. Uh, it makes you love him more, and um, but you're only going you only gonna know that when you get to the next season. I'm just I'm just upset yeah. that I haven't seen Robeson in anything past Oz. I want yeah. Did he play in anything else? Let me look. I, I haven't seen him since. Um, yeah, but yeah, talking about oh, yourselves. Omar is still in his practice room shipping drugs to Reggie. 
beside Carmen the Act. Oh, this is the scene I was telling you all about of him fucking opera singing in the fucking closet. <laughs> Hella loud, too. I ain't got nothing but love for you, baby. But while he was in there, I had no idea. Like, why Saeed was in the area to catch him, I have no idea. Omar tells Saeed that he isn't selling drugs in the room, but in the next moment, he was like, yeah, I have my feet on the couch. I think I think basically he went to follow up on him walking away from him earlier. Hopefully to he apologize. Knew he, knew, he knew that's where he was going to be. But um, he, he apparently says... The, mm-hmm. He was in um, he was in uh, Robeson. He was in uh, Bad Boys Two. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of episodes of Law and Order. Okay. Chung uh, Chung. And that that Numbers movie. Numbers never heard of it. Um, it was the that weird fucking movie with um. And it's a TV. It is, I'm sorry, it's a TV show. I thought. Yeah, I've heard of the TV show. That was the one that had uh, uh what's your name from Acrimony on it. Yeah, he he was Cookie. He, was, he played in one episode of Numbers and something called Live Free or Die. Maybe it's Live Free or Die Hard. Nope, it didn't. Ain't no hard on this. Oh. From the from the writers of Seinfeld is the 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 at the top of the poster for this movie. I don't know. I've never heard of this shit ever. And um, he played in quite a he played in a few episodes of something called Johnny Zero, a TV show that I've never heard of. Robson deserve better. So, um, he was also in the Thomas Crown Affair. Mm, okay. So he was uh, he was also in School Ties. Okay, that uh, that he probably had a big part in. When he was a teenager or whatever, yep. I could see that. Yep. Because um, they had the clan members in there. He was probably a neo Nazi fuck there too. Right. <laughs> so um, it doesn't matter. He's Omar tells Saeed, it doesn't matter that I'm selling the drugs because I'm not taking them, which is actually sound logic. Like you told him, we're going to give you a drug test. Don't take the drugs. And he was like, if I don't sell them, he tells McManus later on, if I don't sell them, he's going to kill me. But um, who so, got him the drugs? Wasn't it poet? Uh, no, Raymond Bird. Burr. Burr, Burr. told him. Burr said, oh, you got that nice little closet. I'm going to need you. To, I'm going to need you to sell some stuff. I'm or gonna else. Somebody, I'm going to send somebody your way and oh, you're yeah. going to pass some of the stuff. And you ain't going to take none and you're going to give me my money or else. Mm-hmm. And the first time he did it, we saw he gave him a little bit of the money. Mm-hmm. So then Saeed tries to get Brolic on uh, Omar again, and Omar tells him, fuck you. And Saeed slowly took off his kufi and Adabisi fucking lives because <laughs> he beat the shit out of that nigga. Yo, he, he hit that nigga with the, uh, the, the Martin from uh, in Tommy Hearns episode. Mm-mm. He hit that nigga the way the Joker hits fucking Jason Todd in uh, Death in the Family. Good grief. Nigga, he was over him. Like, he was over him just, he fucked up his knuckles. He had blood on his face and on his shirt. <laughs> he said, he's sitting in the fucking, he's sitting in the fucking, uh, in the hole uh, with that bust around his knuckles all fat and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Exactly. So I think I could only get that angry if someone hurt like a family member. Like, it, I can't doesn't imagine, me. it doesn't matter. Adebisi lives. I right? can't imagine getting that angry at like a dude selling drugs <laughs> that I that that I really don't even like. 
bruh. And like all of this is after, after he broke his own rules, falling in love with a white lady. Mm-hmm. So like this, you already broke your rules. So like this man is supposed to be breaking your rules and you feel this fucking strongly about it? He's in love with a girl named Tipper. <laughs> so she's then... wobbling. <laughs> <laughs> so then McManus comes in to talk to Saeed and um McManus or uh, uh Saeed says, you know. I, I let myself down, basically. I'm waiting. For what? An explanation. Like I said, for what? For the beating you put on White. A reason makes a difference, my man. I beat him. I beat him. Remember myself. Everything was going so well. Why didn't you come to me? You don't get it, McManus. You don't get it. The only thing I need to get from you is an explanation. And until I do, you can fucking rot! That escalated quickly. That was two theater majors going heads up. I realized after, like, watching McManus go off that when McManus goes off, he sounds exactly like my boss when he goes to fuck off. Ooh, white? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, you know, my boss is, you know, he's he's a bleeding heart liberal, exactly the same. Okay. So then Omar is going downstairs and Arif stops him and is like, yo, man, you threw our mom into the hole. So now you're a fucking, now you're alone. The only person who was watching out for you is alone, is gone. Basically like telling him to watch your back and then Omar walks past them and literally everybody in the day room, white, black, Latino, Sicilian, they like, all stand up and stare at this nigga. And I'm like, what the fuck did he do to y'all? What did he do to all of y'all? Like, right? there's, a, there's a couple of people that I, and there's a couple of groups that he may have a little bit of issues with, mainly the Hispanics. And the gays, those two, those two groups justified because he beat up, uh, he, he beat up a gay person, said hella homophobic slurs and the Hispanics, he beat up Chico. <laughs> right. And so like those, I understand, but why, but why do black people stand up? Why, why do niggas stand, stand up? I don't understand it because like, let's nobody be honest. Likes him. Nobody, okay. Nobody but, likes him, but he works for the black people. So like, why are y'all mad at and, and okay. So you're going to tell me the beach is going to stand up. Exactly. It makes no sense that everybody stood up. Or it. I mean, okay. Your your um your the the narrator was in the TV thing. It could have just been his perception of things. You've really given this time. No, he put. They put him in the TV. They they, they, they put him in the computer. They did that. They did not. But uh, but this could have been his perception of things. Like. You know, this is what he saw. Like they said that to him, and then like the, it is a, a physical representation representation of the loneliness that he felt in that moment. Ah, oh, um, but they but they, they didn't actually show it as if it was if 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 it was real or not. They just showed it as if it was real. But it could have one hundred could have been. been. I feel you. So the next thing that happens, I simply wrote out, and I made a soundbite off a of part of this, but I simply wrote wrote that Saeed needs to get off the cross. Somebody else needs the fucking nails. Come on. We're going back to M-City. 
What if I refused? You'd be the first person who did. I'm not ready to leave. I don't deserve to. You know, Omar told me what happened and why. Why? And yet again, I, I lost my humanity in pursuit of what I thought was the greater good. You know, Said, I don't think that you lost your humanity at all. I think what scares you is that your actions are completely human. Let's go. Venice, <laughs> if I find my soul in this place, or I am lost forever. Either I find my soul in this place, or I am lost forever. How is this not a comedy? I told you that his I love <laughs> Saeed's overacting. He Either I find my soul in this place or I'm lost forever. I need to see a Saeed and Pacino scene. Does he act like this in Chicago fire? I don't know. I don't, I've never watched that shit. The building burned down and it was lost forever. <laughs> Cause she got a great ass. Like I need to see, I need to see these two people in the same room in a in a decently long scene. I need, I need this. We need this for the culture, dog. Like we need this. If I find my soul in this place, or I am lost forever. How do they not just say, "All right, we need to redo this"? No, because, because him overacting is the best. It is. It is the, at this point, Saeed overacting is the best part of the show. He was like, no, let me mind myself. Part of the show. I think Ropes is the best part of the show. Schillinger's. Ropes and Schillinger is trying to find himself too, or he's lost forever. Ropes and is like, fuck them niggas. Fuck them Latinos, fuck them Sicilians, and <laughs> fuck anybody who ain't riding with us. There's, oh, next season, there's going to be somebody that's going to butcher the fuck out of Schillinger's name, and it is hilarious. Is it Master P again? No, because you know Master P shows up that he one He never time. shows up. He fucking ascended alongside Dylan. <laughs> he, got sent, he got sent back to Louisiana. Oh, man. Or I'm lost forever. I need more time. I need more time, please. Please. Man, this is crazy. All right. I'll wait to hear from you. And then you're back in M City. So then we find out Chucky has a staph infection that's resistant to medication and he's scared he's going to die. And that I remember hearing about this in like real life, that people who were in hospitals at the time were getting sick because there were like penicillin resistant uh, infections, staph infections that were like killing niggas. I don't want to I don't want to bring down the show, but it's 100 percent what happened to Jay Bird. It is? Mm-hmm. Damn. He got MRSA from the hospital. Yeah. Damn. And, and the last time I talked to you about him, we didn't know what it transpired. Yep, that's what it was. He had MRSA. Oh, man. He had, he had a procedure. He had a, he had a heart defect. Um, he, had, he had went in for a routine procedure, got sick, 
they they let him go home. He wasn't feeling well, and then they sent him back. And yeah, he had, he had got MRSA while he was there. Hopefully, his family got paid out for that shit. If you get sick in a hospital, like you can sue, right? Like you should be. You can if it's negligence. I mean, it's MRSA. Because when you get a surgery, they tell you that, like you know, they you know. Every surgery is a risk, even what they call routine surgery, because you can get infections. Yeah, they it. told me if I but get if it, the if I get the uh, surgery, the the um, you know the gastric bypass or whatever, they were like, if your heart's weak and it can't handle the stress of the surgery, you can die on the table from getting this routine surgery done. And I was like, fuck you both, then. Yeah, you can't. I mean, it does. I mean, they have to tell you that. They it doesn't mean to. it's gonna um, happen. That often. do you know how? Do you know how scared I was after going to all of those classes and shit and going to all those appointments before my ex-wife had hers? Bruh, mm-hmm. I was I was crying. I was just like, I just, you know, she's just like, I'm going to be okay. And I'm just like, I just don't want you to die. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to give you up. Sorry. So in reality, you're more you just like in that show. scenario, you're more likely to die from like all the complications of being like way way overweight so well chucky is like i'm scared that i'm gonna die and this is the most uh she didn't even she didn't even satisfy him she was just like uh we're gonna do our best well i mean what the fuck are you gonna say to yeah. chucky her bed her bedside manner was ass cheeks um <laughs> like was, i mean it was i mean it was really bad like you should at least try to assure him we're doing everything we can i think you're gonna be okay we're just gonna we're just gonna keep trying whatever we can and I think you'll mm. be fine. Even yeah. if it's not true, like I think you'll be fine is the is the way to go about this. Yeah, you, you just gotta lie to niggas sometimes. Sometimes niggas deserve to be lied to. Sometimes. So then um after Chucky is all scared that he's gonna die, Franklin shows up. And so And so Franklin is now fully wearing, like, he doesn't have a choice. Like, he's wearing makeup and ponytails, like, everywhere that they go. They're in the uh, pool hall area uh, commemorating or or celebrating over their new pool table that they used to violate Petey Shabetta. Um, And Robeson tells Franklin to pass on a message to Adam for Beecher. Wait, 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 wait. We just totally missed out on a joke. They used that uh, that pool table to violate Petey's crack. <laughs> Petey crack. <laughs> oh, anyway. Adam and Beecher just happen to be finishing up a run in the gym, which I've never seen that track in the gym ever. Never. Well, then again... Never. We saw the basketball court. We okay. seen that entire place. We that saw where same we, basketball. But court. it's not the same. It's not the same room. It, the the room that they were in is the room that McManus was playing basketball in by himself. It mm-hmm. was not the normal. It was not the normal room. Which means that they're in like a different gym. That's weird, and they still don't have cops in there. Um, and Beecher's like, all right, I'm going to escort you back to Emerald City. And Adam, who is like, I fucking hate this guy. He's totally a dude, bro. And he gets my nerves. And he's he's um, homophobic I, but, as fuck. 
Just wait. Just wait. But um, Adam tells Beecher, I'll be okay. And he goes over and he talks to Franklin. And Franklin is like, hey, man, it's your fault that I'm in jail. I didn't even want to rape that girl. And Adam's already said it wasn't his fault because he was drunk. So is no one going to take responsibility for this shit? The answer is no. Um, and then but, Franklin. But, but from what we've seen, only one of them actually did it. The other dude was just there and didn't do anything to stop it. Mm. Well, they both there. And so Franklin calls Beecher a homophobic slur. And then Adam beats him up. And then Adam goes to uh, see McManus. And he talks to McManus and gets his way out of having to go to the cage or the hole. And Beecher's waiting at the stairs. And Beecher's like, and Adam's like, well, what you said will work, worked. And Beecher tries to put his hand on the shoulder and Adam shrugged him off when he tried to talk to him afterwards. Yeah, and then here comes the worst part of the episode. Yeah, and then um, after that, well, not quite yet. Not quite yet, but like that, that the the I guess the episode's part resolution to this is the worst part of this episode. Yes. So then after that. Um, Beecher and Schillinger talk and Schillinger apologized for abusing Beecher and asked Beecher if he forgives him. And Sister Pete is like, well, do you? And Beecher's like, you know what? I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it seems like, you know, Schillinger's trying to turn over a new leaf or whatever it may be. Um, and then Keller and Catherine talk and Catherine talks about the body that he was caught with. And he's like, well, the witness can't see at night. So you can't prove it was me that did it. And she was like, but you had the fucking body, Keller. No, yeah. Said, no, I didn't. No, well, I didn't. Said, no, I didn't. It wasn't me. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Catherine is starting to kind of feel Keller. Like, I don't know. Um, then he tells her that he had a dream that Beecher was president of the United States and to tell Beecher that. So Catherine leaves out to go tell Beecher that and to see Beecher. And Officer Claire tells Keller that she had a dream about them, that they were gladiators. And Keller's name was Sextus. And her name was Cunning Linga. <laughs> she is hands down the worst person in that building. Like, Jesus Christ. She is the worst. She is the absolute worst. Cunning Linga and Sextus. Like, that does not sound like Xena Warrior Princess at all. But Keller's like, you know what? I've had sex with all types of people. I will have sex with you, too. And so they start kissing. Um, Catherine tells Beecher that if he ever heard about the about if Keller ever told him anything about the killings, she needed him to tell her. And she also lies to him when he said, did Keller give you any messages for me? Um. It didn't make any sense for her to lie because the the thing that she would have told him didn't make any fucking sense. It was really innocuous. Like it it had nothing to do with anything. Right. So then after that, Schillinger tells or Schillinger goes and talks to Beecher. And I thought this was a really good uh scene. So I need to talk to you. Look, I didn't want to say anything in our session, but I tried to convince Robson not to rape your boy Guns. But you know, you know Robson, he's headstrong. Anyway, the Sicilian stopped him and I'm glad. You're glad? Well, not glad exactly. I'm like you, I'm all turned around, you know. I'm... 
I'm trying to stop the shit in my life, but it's Oz, you know. I realize I can't stop most of it, but, but I can do some things. Now, I heard what's going on. The warden won't let you see Keller. So I'm offering on my next mail run, take a letter to Keller for you. You'd do that. You would. You write it up, I'll slip it through. I'm, uh... What, amazed? In shock? Suspicious. Well, you have every right to be. But I swear to you, on the graves of both of my sons, I'm just trying to make up for the past. Clear my conscience so I can move on. So he writes a letter and um, Schillinger delivers it to Keller and tells Keller that if he wants, tomorrow he'll take Keller's letter back to Beecher. And it all seems like he's trying to be a nice guy. It's like, okay, cool, but we all know this is Schillinger, so we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know, no, I think he's, I think he really just wants me too. But but at the ball. same t- but at the same time, it's like it's Schillinger, and we're watching it as a TV viewer. Like, what kind of fuckery is going on? Um, and then Beecher talks to Adam in their pod, and Adam asks him about his history at Oz. And again, I really don't like Adam. Um, he believes that Beecher's only being nice to him so he can sexually assault him. Adam says he doesn't want to spend another minute in a cell with Beecher after they get into a fight. Um, so McManus put him in the cage. Um, McManus wants to transfer him out of Emerald City completely, but Beecher believes he could turn this asshole rapist dude bro into a good person. But really, he's acting worse than Omar White was. Like he's screaming out homophobic slurs like for a good minute. Yeah, and it's just the slur. Over and over again. Over and over again. And it's just like, bruh, like we get it. This is what you this this is what you feel about the situation. Do you have to say it that many times? Right. So at this point in time, I was just hoping he would die. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna try and sugarcoat it. Nothing like that. I wanted him to be set up to die. That would be great if that would happen and he would die. And- Brandon, I know you don't feel the way that I feel. I'm okay with that. I really I wanted him to die. By the end of this episode. I know I what happens, that. so I can't say anything. And so... But I hate in- this. I hate this. I told you, when this shit started, when they came in, I said, I fucking hate this storyline. I hate this storyline, and it carries over. I fucking hate this storyline. Every bit of it. And so the next thing that happens is that Schillinger and Beecher talk in the uh, cafeteria, and Schillinger tells Beecher that he'll give him a job in the mailroom so he can see Keller every single day. And Beecher would have to leave Sister Pete's office, though. And, and Beecher's like, well, that's shit. That's nothing. I'm in. And Schillinger's like, yeah, there's one more thing that I need in trade. And that's Adam. I need you to tell the Sicilians to back off and let me do whatever I want with them. And Beecher sees through uh, what Schillinger's offering, which is like, you think I'm going to give you this boy, this this man. Got to stop calling these rapist white men 
boys um, that I'm going to give you this man because I want to see Keller again. And Schillinger was like stunned. I, I really thought it was, he said, I really thought that was going to work. <laughs> um, the next thing that happens is that officer Brass's blood test come back negative. So he goes and asks the guy who gassed him why he did it. And when he doesn't like the answer, he hits him with his billy club in front of Dr. Nathan. Dr. Nathan. His answer to his refrain is when she tries to stop him. And he was like, oh, so you can be his ass, but I can't? Exactly. And I mean, it's logical. It's a yeah. logical question. I mean, you put him in the hospital, Doc. Like, why can't I? This nigga threw all this shit in my face and my mouth was open. Like, what the fuck? I should be able to be his ass on purpose. Return to Oswald. We'll be back after this brief break. California has the largest population in the United States and the site of some of the most famous true crime cases in history. But there's more than meets the eye to the crime in California. Join Sean, Jessica, and Charles on the California True Crime Podcast as they cover crime both infamous and overlooked from around our state while looking at the deeper history that goes beyond beaches and movie stars. I hate your taste in movies. I'm Jackie, and I love action movies, but I really hate horror movies. I'm Jen. I love horror movies, but I just can't stand musicals. And I'm Austin. I love all things musical, but I absolutely hate action movies. Join us each week as we share our all-time favorite movies with our friends who will just rip them apart. You can listen to us, I Hate Your Taste in Movies, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at I Hate Your Taste and on Instagram at Hate Your Taste Pod. Join us as we put our friendship to the test every week and learn surprising things about each other. Like how Austin saw the movie Pitch Perfect in theaters 12 times. Which is perfectly acceptable. Or how Jackie played with oil cans as a child. Normal childhood behavior. Or how watching a zombie movie makes Jen want to eat chicken wings. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. We release new episodes every Tuesday. And for the record, I hate your taste in movies. Hey guys, this is Vanessa. My podcast is Life Paranormal with me. Listen as I serve you all things spirit, paranormal, and unexplained. Join me every other Saturday as my guest hosts and I recount our own experiences that will perplex and utterly terrify you. Life Paranormal with V is available on all major platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Join the Lifer fam by following me on Twitter at Paranormal. Follow, like, subscribe, and hit that notification button so you can always catch a ride on this spooky vibe. Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. 
You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoDuroParleyHour.com where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and Parlay Points, our companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. So, the next thing that happens is that they do a flashback to Rebido talking to Brass about the Super Bowl numbers, whatever it's called. And now Rebido's worried that God didn't give him the right numbers because if he didn't, his grandson dies. God damn it. The numbers were right. God gave Rebido the fucking numbers. God, who has not taught the Rebido on like three seasons? God, who we thought that he was just making this all up. And he literally said in a season, I thought it was like season three, maybe, that maybe he was just projecting what he thought God would say on other people. I think Rebido been fucking with Miss Sally. Oh man, now all of a sudden Sally Sides is on there. And then and, and they and they fixed the numbers, and that's how he got it. Oh no. What I know is that that was the point where I turned off the show, so I don't know what happens next. <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> Absolutely did not. <laughs> so see, here's the thing. Like the fact that Brad Wait, 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 wait. No, hold on. Hold on. And that's not right. That's not right. That's not right. <laughs> what he does is the buy part because he gets really fucking excited. I don't know what that is. Go ahead. And he, and he got cleaned the fuck out of there. He didn't get dressed. He did not pass go. He did not collect two hundred dollars. He went in his work uniform. <laughs> he went he in does his work. What all uniform. the black people on the internet said they would do if they win. Yep, and then he does exactly what I said I would do if I ever won the lottery. I would just fucking disappear. But I mean, it's two million dollars, bro. It's two million dollars, and he probably took the full payoff in the early two thousands for two million dollars, which means he got taxed for it immediately. Which means he probably got like one point two. But he's sitting in there with with uh, Murphy before this happens, yelling at Murphy because Murphy's talking about how you know, aren't you mad at the NBA players because you can't get the play? And he was like, the worst NBA player gets three hundred thirty thousand, and after taxes, it's still like a hundred and hundred and fifty thousand. And that's when I was like, this motherfucker is about to fuck. Rebido over. I think that's what made me matter. Million dollars is not enough money to just go disappear. No, it's not. And I think that's <laughs> I not. think that's what made me mad about it was the fact that a I mean, early, he early fucked over the nicest person. No, two thousand inflation rate. I mean, it's it's not. I mean, it's it's worth more than it is today. But the inflation rate from early two thousand to now is not that much. Like it's not that great. Like, what are you going to do in early two thousands? Like. <laughs> I mean, you could probably go buy a double wide for twenty five thousand and go live in the middle of fucking nowhere for the rest of your life and be okay if that's the type of life you want to live. <laughs> double wide, gotta catch them. Um, but if you want to do some shit with your money, like oh, I'm gonna go buy me a nice house. I mean, in two thousand, a nice house is still gonna cost you a half a million dollars. Or if you just want to buy a decent house, it's still gonna cost you two hundred fifty thousand dollars or two hundred thousand dollars. 
in 2000. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, then you got about seven, you know, 800,000 left. Look, look, you can't even look with, with that kind of money. You can't even buy a house behind a fence. All you can do with that money is pay off your creditors. <laughs> no, you can and... buy a house behind the fence. No, like, not in New no, York, no, though. No, no, I'm talking about like, gated, like I'm talking like gated neighborhood. Like you, you can know buy a gated neighborhood house. You can't get you a good house. Work. You can you can get and no, I feel what Scar's saying. You can get a house that is well, depending on where you are. If you're in Alabama, yeah, you can get a fucking estate. But if you're where they are, you're getting a house that's on the block. It ain't protected by shit. And it it's might a nice be house. a four bedroom. It's a, well, nobody really lives in a gated neighborhood in New York. Like them brownstones ain't in gated neighborhood. Man, you keep talking about like New York's the only part of New York, though. I'm talking about Long Island. Who's well in Long Island? You can get a nice house for that kind of money. You just got to still work. You can't nah, quit your nigga, job and buy a nice house. Now this nigga had to go to Syracuse. Like he, can't, <laughs> he, he got to go to Buffalo, my nigga. Yeah, he can't <laughs> anywhere he goes. You can't. Nah, buff, job. Buffalo, them prices is high because y'all right by Canada. Like so, like. Right, and he the could falls. go to Long Island and buy like a four and a half bed, four bedroom house for like five hundred grand. He could. Oh uh, shit! Scar. Scar. Speaking of, speaking of, that last fucking episode of Wu Tang was fucking fantastic, dog. Except there's one thing that I didn't like. Man, they should have used the real vocals because that shit just didn't sound right. I was yeah. just like, it just didn't sound right, and they didn't do enough to try to make it sound close. Yeah, but Nisha, I told Nisha about halfway through, I was like, I know this song, but that beat is wrong. And she was like, what? Because I'm not as big of a woo head as Scar is. So I was like, the beat, I know these lyrics. I've heard them over and over again. When he said Neighborhood Spider-Man, I was like, I know this shit, but I can't track it. And then they were like, the beat is wrong. And Nisha was like, you're right, baby. And then it changed to... Well, well, I'm a a woo head, and I know that that's normal for them. The, the song that they rap to is usually not the same beat once the song actually comes out. I love that, the creation that, of it. That happens. That happens. Oh, that that scene was that scene that took place inside of his mind was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like it was phenomenal. That's um, how I but, see music, honestly. And I've been yeah. trying to explain it to people how because I can I there's two things I see. I can see music. And I can see people calling out for help. Um, and and people always look at me like I'm crazy. And so when Nisha finally saw this, I was like, this is what I'm talking about when I say I see music. Like you see it bit by bit. Yeah, I'm 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 not about to say it. I feel I feel it way more than I than I see it in my mind's eye. So, anyways, um, brass um immediately after this nigga wins, he hugs all the COs and then he runs out the door and ends up on camera like five minutes later. Accepting yep. a check with his name on the motherfucker. <laughs> That's when I laughed. His name was on the fucker, and he was like, I used to be a CEO, but I'm not anymore because I quit. I quit. I quit. I quit. And um I quit, Mr. White. I quit, Mr. White. And so McManus believes that Brass fucked Rebido over. So he goes to look for Brass, who immediately shows up. And like, fuck these CLs, man. Fuck this entire show. And then he left the lottery claim center and left his family behind, his girlfriend, and his job and hopped on a fucking plane and dipped out to parts unknown. Yeah, he went straight from there to a plane. 
Like straight. Like, yo, really, this is what we're doing here? Like, there's no rhyme or reason for any of this. He just up and out. Gotta go, gotta go. That's how I that's how I see myself if I ever you know play the lottery and I won something. I'm just gonna dip. I'm just gonna dip until I work out what I'm actually really gonna do with this money. I feel you. I feel you. But the thing is, um Murphy came in and really because McManus and Brass are a lot like Leo and Clayton as far as a survivor's guilt or a guilt of what happened. And so McManus is putting so much on his shoulders about Brass that he can't see, honestly, the depths of what Brass did, the depravity of what Brass did. And Murphy breaks it down to him really well. Any word from Brass? No, nobody's heard from him, but his family, not his girlfriend. He left the lottery claim center and popped a plane to parts unknown. Damn. I was with Brass during the drawing. He was out of his mind because he won, you know, as you would be. But thinking about it now, he must have been saying to himself, fuck you, Reba Dow. And I'll tell you, if it was one of the other things in this joint and I was Brass, I would have ripped him off too. But to do it to a guy like Rebidow, you know, he's got a dying grandson, not throw him a bone. I mean, that's that a winter cold. Brass was a good guy. Obviously not that good of a guy. When we played basketball against Vayu, I got to know him. He was the most stand-up, do-right-by-your-person I ever met. Well, I guess that's what two mil can do to a fella. No, it wasn't the money. He felt fucked over. I mean, he had a big pair of gigantic NBA tits in his face, and we say to him, no, 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 you work in odds, you get to get your Achilles tendon slashed for no good reason, except McManus can't keep his fucking mouth shut. You gonna blame yourself for what happened to Brass forever? Yeah. Dave Brass came to Oz and filled out an application. Nobody forced him to do that, right? Got his leg fucked up. That sucks, but this is a maximum security prison. The poor guy got pissing shit thrown at him. He could get AIDS. That'd be a lot worse than being a goddamn gimp. But you know what? He filled out an application. Tim, every night I get down on my knees and pray to God I don't get shanked when I come to work. But what if it happens? I mean, what if one of these fucking animals ends up buttfucking me? You gonna blame yourself because you brought me into Oz? Because if you did, you'd be a goddamn idiot. I filled out an application. Everything that happened to that nigga, he brought upon himself. And then all of a sudden he wants to fuck over somebody who gave him something that he wouldn't have had in the first place. And Rebido told him, I will give you some of the money. But here's the thing. It's not, it's not just about the, you know, he filled out an application, but when that thing that he feels so guilty about happens to him, this motherfucker came back to work. Mm Mm-hmm. So like once you come back to work, like I don't I don't feel it. I can't feel the same. Yeah, I'm I feel bad that this happened to you, but like stay the fuck home, collect disability, live your life. Yay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was I was wondering where that went because it came on the wrong note. I was like, what the hell is that? Oh, that's what he was doing. Um, Oh, 
Um, but yeah, that's, he came back to work, and I get it. He came back to work because he wanted to try to figure out who did this to him and make and punish that person. Um, and then, like, what were you going to do once you punished that person? Were you going to quit then? Well, you just kind of fucked up your disability, dog. So, like, what was what exactly was his plan this whole time? He didn't um, have a plan. No, he did. I'm 100 certain he had no plan. He just money. And that's what made him willing to fuck somebody over yep. who honestly didn't do shit to him. I think, I, like I said, that's the thing that pissed me off the most is that this is like, like Murphy said, Murphy had her dead on the head. If that was, if Omar White had done that, yeah, fuck that dude. But Rebidow. Yep. Rebido doesn't fuck with anybody except when he went through that phase when he had that tumor. Exactly. And and like when he, you know, when he when he just, you know, wanted to kill niggas. Yeah, but that lasted like a week. Only because he got stopped from killing. Yeah. <laughs> he, got, he got stopped from the second one, and it was just like, okay, dog, I'm really tripping right now. Also, because you know, niggas were like, we don't believe it. You need more people. Exactly. Only person he wanted to kill with is his best friend. Get the fuck out of my face. Um, Alvarez and Penders are doing great with their dog, with their guide dog training, but Augustus is high, like Mo Basil high. Uh, but his guard dog did his job for what it's worth um, and saved his life. Yeah. Um, Augustus has septicemia, which is <laughs> friends pop uh, a bacterial infection that gets into your blood it causes your body to have an overactive immune response it can cause blood vessel dilation and makes them super permeable so the contents leak out guess who told me that your wife shout out to my beloved wife nisha the nurse (laughs) (laughs) she was like they didn't say everything and i was like what do you mean and she was like take notes (laughs) so i was like you're talking too fast (laughs) <laughs> i was like you're talking too fast it was literally like um on doogie hauser when he'd be typing into his diary at the end or beginning of the episode and he'd be talking hella fast and the fingers would be typing and shit that was me yeah anyhow um it happens to paraplegic paraplegics if they take bad care of themselves and um they were like but Augustus takes better care of himself than anyone I know. He's like fastidious about that shit. And she was like, yeah, maybe, but I found a shitload of heroin in the system. So that part, that part. And so they're watching Sally size in the day room and McManus snatches up Burr thinking that he's the one who gave um, uh, Augustus the drugs. And Burr is like, why the fuck would I give that nigga drugs? Basically. And he's like, look, I told y'all that um, I, I'm old. Okay? They, always, they always hit him Burr up and Burr was just like, here's where you're wrong. <laughs> like, like, here's where you got this fucked up. Here's where you got me fucked up. And like every single time they do that shit, every time they hit him up, he's always like, here's where you got me fucked up. Like obviously you don't you know obviously you don't know this situation very well. But here's you what don't you know that I love his mama, that I'm basically his daddy. That I am his daddy. I am that baby daddy. I like Burr. I like him. He don't overact. 
Yeah, just yeah, like a, he should be a character out of Stanford and Son. No, nah, he just like Burr in his talking about the side of his mouth thing and like his his permanent growl. What was that? Oh, I said he's literally talking out the side of his neck every single every single time that he talks. It's like oh no, this nigga. He talks like a cowboy with nothing but time in his hands, but. Damn it, this another part. song is in my head. Hmm. So how's he doing? Augustus is not a swimming in heroin, huh? Wanna fucking tell me about that? I don't know nothing about that. Just tell me how the fuck he is. He's dying. He's lying in a fucking hospital bed dying. Well, why in the hell are you standing here trying to talk to me? I want to know who gave him the drugs, Redding. I don't know nothing about that. I swear to you, you gotta believe me. Why the fuck should I believe you? I'm getting old. I should have died a long time ago. But there's one thing I won't do, and that's outlive that boy. Now you go and do everything you can for him, and I swear to you, I'll find out who it was that gave him that smack. All right, and when you do, you bring him straight to me. You understand me? Yo, Bird, how's that boy doing? You've been feeding him tits. Why? He overdosed or something? That is not the answer, my nigga. That sounds like a nigga who did it. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Have you been giving this nigga drugs? Why? Did he overdose? Like <laughs> <laughs> it's basically, it's basically um, <laughs> who drank all the Kool-Aid? Why am I in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey man, you still drinking? Nah, why are you buying? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit this nigga got big eyed too like why he overdosed or something I thought it was a kidney thing brought on by some motherfucker that got him smacked <laughs> and you at the top of my list port what me no way man no way I swear to you I will root out the truth you keep digging motherfucker I ain't giving shit you know you got a lot of enemies bro before you start accusing your friends you need to go check out them Sicilians and them specs. That's what you need to do. Bird winning that bitch like you, you, you. Uh, how I imagine you did when they uh, when your kids ate your Twix bars. Oh, you remember that? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I lined them niggas up. <laughs> Let me smell your breath. <laughs> I hit them up the way that um so there used to be back Brandon this is back you know before in the before time when Scar and I were still fully ratchet there was a song out by a woman named Risky called Let Me Smell Your Dick <laughs> you know that you know that that song kind of went away when that dude beat the shit out of his lady because she went she went there yeah I mean he beat he I mean he didn't he paralyze her yeah because men are awful and yes. he probably was cheating anyway. Yep. <sighs> so after that, we find out that Greg Penders was convicted on 5 7 1997 of criminally ne negligent homicide. Like, they didn't even give him a reason to do this shit. He just stumbled up and was just like, Grand Theft Auto, and just shot somebody in the chest. Yeah. Um, uh, and like, what? And I mean, we've seen this dude. Why are we just now getting this? 
I don't know. It ain't like he's going to die yet. So um, he was sentenced to 17 years and up for parole in nine. Do we know why he was in the hole? I mean, why he was in uh, solitary? No. Yeah, because like, we don't know why he was there. We just know that he was there and he saved the warden. Yeah. Oh, that's the same dude? Yeah, that's that's the same dude. Oh. And so, um, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's how they just pushing people through now. play, Play the clip. Oh, man. Okay. I feel like I'm being forced to play it now, but I'll play it for you. And that's not right. That's not right. Bye. That's not right. Bye. I love that Bye. part. <laughs> that's the best part. I love that part so much. Bye. <laughs> Bye, bitch. <laughs> oh, God. Bye. Motherfucking punk ass bitch. That's a full scene. And then they were like, you're, you're ad-libbing again. Can he not, can he not ad-lib Leo? Stop calling him a punk ass bitch under your breath. Fine. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. But um, yeah, so then after that, Morales, this shit was stupid. Not on Morales' part. Um, Morales or Alvarez and Pender are teaching their dog self-control, but Julie, Alvarez's dog, needs more work. So Jen or so uh, Ja comes over and tells him when he was nine, he decided to cut the tail off his dog and then he he mutilated it. Miguel tells him to get away from Julie and Morales backs him up. First, honestly, Ja has no reason to say this to Morales. Him and Morales didn't have funk. He just sat down and scratched Julie behind the ear and was like, yes, you know he what? Did. They did? Yes, no, he remember. had funk with Morales. Yeah. So, but does like, he have funk with all the Latinos? No, he just has he's just had funk with Morales. Like he was he was just kind of fucking with, you know. Yeah, so uh, that's what I'm saying. Why was he fucking with? And he was like, get the fuck away from my dog. <laughs> and so Morales comes and backs him up surprisingly, and 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 um then he asks Alvarez, hey, where's, where's Father Ray's office at? And then he, you know, Morales is like, or Alvarez is like, I'll tell you, no problem. So he like, goes. You've been here how long and you don't know where Father Ray's office hey, is? Hey, he ain't never had a reason. His sister said he's not a Catholic, so why the fuck would he talk to you? Because Father Ray said he's actually been to the Mass. But why the fuck would he come to your office and talk to you? The know. Mass is in the cafeteria. True. So Morales comes in and talks to Ray, and this part is good. The next part I'm gonna make fun of for about five minutes, so y'all need to be ready for that shit. Nice digs. So. fired a guy once. That's why I'm here. I chucked his useless ass into a transformer. Now, he begged me not to kill him. I mean, that's why it put me over the edge. The begging. So now you're feeling guilty about this? Fuck no. I'm thinking, I was the last guy to hear this jazz voice. I own his last words. I'm not following. I got a feeling you own my sisters and I want them. Oh, well, yes, we did have a chat. 
shortly before the bus crash, and she said that she loved you very much and that she was very excited about seeing you. And I couldn't wait to see her. I mean, her smiling face, she was the spitting image of our mother. Now, you gotta tell me, Father, did Annette at least die happy? She seemed to be in very good spirits, except for the problems that she was having in her marriage. Oh, she was having problems. Yeah, you didn't know about that? No, what kind of problems? Uh, uh well, I, I'm not sure of the specifics. I, I, maybe you better ask her husband. Yeah. Before we go on to this next part, I just want to say for the record that Ray is like three for three now on giving people suggestions that he should not fucking give. Exactly. The- and and the, the way <laughs> the way that the way that he kind of coaxed that out of him. Mm-hmm. The way that he in the way the way that he came across, he was just kind of like, you know, was she happy? Because he knows she's not happy. He thinks that she's a crazy bitch. So he knew that something was going to come out of that. All he had to do was say, all he had to do was say the right things and, and he can get what he wanted out of him. So he... That was, that was masterful. And this, this was not. This was too easy. Yeah, I'm going to do just that. Uh, damn, you look nice in here than you did out. At least you still look like shit. It's been a tough time. Planned a funeral and all? How you doing about Annette? Okay, I guess. I mean, you know, me and her, we was... Hey, hey, hey. I know. She was a cunt. <laughs> Man, you don't know how happy I am to hear you say that, Rike. Man, you know, my sister, she was a fucking cunt, dog. I fucking hate her. You know what? I've been holding this in for a long-ass time, dog. Now she done said something. Man, I didn't want to come down here and lie to you about Annette. I mean, all of a sudden, she wanted to be this model, right? We're walking around South Beach and she's shoving her tits in the face of every agent and photographer in town. She was spreading it around. You gotta set it straight. She kept wearing these skimpy tops no bigger than fucking rubber bands. You know what I did? I cut a fucking chunk out of her arm. <laughs> who tells the brother that? Who tells the brother who was literally in there for murder? Exactly. A brother that she knows is that that he knows is connected in a way that can get you touched, dog. Like even if he didn't do anything right then and there, this dude can get you touched. Mm-hmm. But he can do it on his own. But the, what he said, right. oh, she's a cunt, and it was it, it, he. That's just, all it took. Master masterfully, he 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 put it out there, and exactly what he did with the father. He did the exact same thing with him. He just put out that one little piece to 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 let you know that he's all right, and he just he just did the rest on his own. And like, why did you not notice that? Like, you know his his reaction to this. He didn't have much of a reaction, but it was a reaction, nevertheless. Oh yeah, you can look into a murderer's eye and see when they go. You know what? I said too much. Girl would spread her legs for anything that moved, and sometimes for things that didn't. I mean, I don't like to disrespect the dead. Hey, you know what, Javier? You never will again. My sister was a saint, you motherfucker. 
That nigga ground his face in the paste on a table and the cops who were in the visiting room watching him do it, let him get off three or four good headshots before he was like, that's enough. <laughs> the, the cops were looking like, oh, shit, this nigga getting off. <laughs> the cops the cops were like, he really said that. Not only did I cut a chunk out of her arm, but then she kept spreading her legs around and she's a fucking slut. Wait, why are you getting up? Wait, 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 what? Wait, I thought we were both mad at the same person at the same time, dog. Like, what is this? Why can't we be friends? Why did he overdose? (laughs) (laughs) It it was jokes, my nigga. It was jokes. I'll just say what you were going to say. Nope. Ah, got you. <laughs> <laughs> got him. <laughs> oh, shit. Nigga, you literally weigh like 178 pounds. Enrique Morales is literally running the Latinos in Oswald Correctional Facility. You're not going to tell him proudly about how you cut a chunk out of his dead sister's arm so then she would have to wear sleeves that's just J- stupid bro i don't care if if nisha's uh if nisha's brother came in the room and was like my sister's a fucking asshole isn't she we're done here we're we're done here this the this are, are the cameras in the ceiling like you're not either I'm a beach ass for you trying to talk that shit about her or I'm a leave because I know you're trying to set me up to say something that I'm not going to say regardless. And this nigga was all too happy to just jump in and Morales, who he hasn't spoken to. But here's the cool thing about it. His sister got her dying wish. Because she said she was coming to visit Morales quite simply so she, so he could reach out and touch her husband. Yep. That was the entire impetus of the visit. So come through, God. You give him lottery numbers and you get niggas touched. I wouldn't have came and visited him in prison. No way, no how. Hey, no matter no. what. No matter what. Hey, me and your sister ain't together no more. She dead, click. <laughs> this is the dumbest prison visit since Tug. <laughs> <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. This nigga got slanted to a table, like, and it's not is even he supposed all... to be dead. I don't I think don't he's know. dead. I, I think, think he just he... really hurt. I think his whole face is just like smushed a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Your shit look like. Your shit look like man witch, nigga. Like <laughs> his shit, his shit look like when you took one of your little cousin's baby dolls and just pushed the face in, so it was come back out. To... <laughs> Why are you grabbing my hair, dog? Why did he overdose? Oh God! As soon as Morales grabbed the back of his head, guard. <laughs> And then Morales, why was the father in the fucking, in in the area of the fucking solitary? I am shocked Morales didn't give that nigga finger guns as he walked past. (laughs) (laughs) He gave a look like I got him, my nigga. (laughs) 
Thank you, Jen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Morales walked past and was like... (laughs) (laughs) Father Ray, my My nigga. nigga. (laughs) I'm going to put some shit on your books. (laughs) Oh man, <laughs> I'm gonna have my little baby cousin come give you a blowjob. Oh <laughs> shit, that nigga beat him in a paste. Like I'm not coming to visit a facility like this where obviously you didn't give a fuck about your wife, dog. That's all I'm gonna say. Obviously you didn't give a fuck about your wife. So why the fuck are you going to visit her brother? Are you thinking that he's gonna give you some sort of insight? And as soon as you go to visit her brother, and he's like. My sister was a fucking bitch. It's a trap, my nigga. It's literally that meme. It's a trap. Like, do not say anything else. Just look left, look right, and be like, I gotta go. Yeah, he's that. he was just dumb. He fell right into that shit. So easily. You would have thought this would have needed to build up for like four episodes, but nope. That nigga was like, surprise, motherfucker. I hate her, too. (laughs) He dumb as hell. I hate him. I hate that bitch. I sliced her arm off, my nigga. Wait, why are you standing up? <laughs> sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit, sit down, sit down. Julie, sit. <laughs> <laughs> Julie, no. No, Julie. <laughs> Go away, bear. <laughs> that nigga was literally looming over him. <laughs> <laughs> that nigga was looming over him like oh my god I feel so guilty when I say this <laughs> that nigga was looming over his head like when your kid gets a math question wrong three times in first grade and you tired nigga say five one more time <laughs> three plus seven <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> no, I said three plus seven <laughs> is not fucking four. <laughs> <laughs> three plus seven. Use your fucking thing. Use your fingers. Use your fingers. <laughs> Oh my god. Why are we still here? Three plus fucking seven. <laughs> oh, that nigga got fucked up. I was so I was I was just so put out for that nigga. Like you didn't see that coming, dog. I saw it coming from a mile away. <laughs> Shark in the so, water. It was so easy to spot too. Like <laughs> I don't understand why it took like he just like it did like the first time his head hit the table you could see on his face like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> you got a red dot on your head too <laughs> that nigga was in there like oh my god <laughs> oh shit oh my god oh my god oh my god I'm sorry wonder how I got to this moment <laughs> right that's when they just freezing I bet you wonder how I got in this situation. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then they just, oh my God, that's what I did a flashback. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh shit. <laughs> Picture it, Sicily. <laughs> you know what? I saw that Sopranos movie, so y'all don't have to. I was I going to watch day. it. It's I boring. Was, I heard I heard that the, the dude uh that his that his son did pretty good as him. Yeah, but he didn't he, Tony didn't even have a role. He was like a background to the background to the background. Oh really? Yes. Didn't um didn't they get Carmela in that bitch? No. I Not as far I as I saw. She, I thought I thought they said she played in it. Not as far as I saw before I bailed out on that shit. No. No. Oh, also, uh, the wedding that I catered this past weekend, one of the songs that they sang because it was a church couple who were getting married, one of the songs they sang as they walked down the aisle was God makes me weak in the knees. I can hardly speak. I I lose all what? control. Mm-hmm. Yes. God makes me weak in the knees, my nigga. This is a real song. I, they, I told I told I was talking to you, but we it wasn't recorded that I had a conversation with a with a with a friend of mine and he felt conflicted because he had a clip of a pastor singing basically say yes, but a church version. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yo, dog, this is done all the time. Like this shit is this is normal. And then I started hitting him with them them uh uh the 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 Kanye and um Kirk Franklin things. And like when I hit him with the stomp, he was just like, I never thought of that shit. Mm-hmm. Like, like, because you know, stomp is one nation under a groove. And it's like it's just one nation under a groove. And they just made a church song out of one nation under a groove. And the fucking Kurt Franklin made a church song out of disco. Do you know what disco was about? Everything that church is not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like disco was about the complete opposite of church. And he made a church song out of a disco song. And I shared with him the disco song. Um, the the, the, the I've been I've been searching for you. Uh, I've been looking for you. Whatever the, the song is. It just. I hope this. I just, I just laughed. I laughed. I couldn't help it. We're in the back. We're catering. Nobody's paying attention to us because the singers are opposite of us. But they meant that shit, like fully and wholeheartedly. And I chortled, and I didn't mean to. Bruh, I'm gonna tell you. I seen, I seen these young girls. Oh, this is a clip like years ago when this song was hot. But they took. Drunken love and made it a motherfucking church song. I, I'm telling you, I've seen this shit on <laughs> Facebook. I've seen it on Facebook. So if they could take drunken love and make it into a church song, you could do anything, anything world, at all. The world is your oyster at that juncture, honestly. Yeah, and I was, I was trying to, t- I was talking to my daughter about like how R and B came about. R and B is just basically gospel, and they just start talking about Jesus and start talking about each other like start you replace the lord with girl and i mean that's basically that's basically what sam cook did sam cook had two songs his first song that he did that was r&b was exactly the same song that he did as a church as a church boy and he just changed a couple of the words to see exact same song 
But at the end of uh, Morales beating the shit out of his uh, ex-brother-in-law, I guess, because it is now. Um, like we said, he walked past Father Ray and, and looked at him and just kind of stared at him. He didn't even wink. He just stared at him. So you can see in my eyes, I, I meant every word of what I did. And I know that's the point where Ray was like, why the fuck do I keep telling these niggas shit? I forgot to mute it. Um, I um, it's, it's like they should have just uh, did a freeze frame of Morales and had those glasses come down and played a little clip from San Andreas. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what they do when somebody does something uh, that's supposedly like cool or whatever like that. But he looked at him like that, like, good looking out, my nigga. Good looking out. You did that for me. We ride. So the next thing that happens is that Ray gets to meet up with his favorite foil, uh, Timmy. <laughs> Father, Father Mukata, come here, please. I heard that you've been transferred back from Benchley Memorial, that you'll recover from the stabbing. Where's Hoyt? Hoyt confessed to a series of murders. Today he's being transported to death row. Father, I, I want to make confession as well. I want to be a Roman Catholic again. No. What you, you can't refuse me. I sure as hell can. <laughs> All the pleasure. That's petty. See right there, Brandon? That's your worst enemy right there, dog. <laughs> that is his worst enemy. No. <laughs> it was so simple. It's just like no. You gotta you accept me. me. I, I sure the hell can. <laughs> I mean, this nigga, this is the same motherfucker who told him I demand to be in the ecumenical service. <laughs> 50 bucks. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, he should have just he just said just held up an imaginary card and said 50 bucks and then walked the fuck away. <laughs> so after that, uh Cyril's beating up a CO and Ryan still wants him to come back to Emerald City. Uh, Sister Pete reminds him that Cyril is in solitary for killing Lee Chen. And Ryan is like, it was in self-defense because Lee was going to rape my mom, which still is not self-defense, dog. That's more like precognitive reactions like on Minority Report. So um, there's no one to corroborate corroborate the story except for Glenn Shoup, who overheard the whole interaction with Lee and Ja. But Glenn, who is taken in front of uh, Warden Leo, tells Leo, I never I never said none of that shit. And also, can I go on the PC? Can I, can I go on the PC? <laughs> the, moment, the moment you say, yeah, I think I'm going to need to go for the custody after this, you know his ass is lying. Like, can I get yeah. PC'd up? <laughs> so... Sister Pete is like, he's lying. You know he's lying. And Leo's like, well, get him, get get Ryan a good lawyer. Get Cyril a good lawyer. Yeah, so but Kathy- that don't make any sense because the whole thing was to get Cyril out of solitary. And they mm-hmm. said, we can't get him out of solitary unless we can prove that this happened. And so that he basically admitting that, oh, yeah, that happened. And he still won't get him out of solitary. I mean, honestly, they should be walking him towards death row. That's what they said. This is what the third person he killed. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah, he's going. He should have been walking towards the row. But then um, Catherine takes the case but tells Ryan that he needs a lawyer that'll turn Cyril's case into a media event, and they can't afford that. So Ryan's mom tells him to set up a family meeting to discuss raising cash for Cyril's defense. And so Aunt Brenda and um, his dad, uh, Seamus, show up. And Ryan's mom and dad fight and um, Ryan's mom asked Seamus, oh, hey, right after I had Ryan, like. Cyril was born, were you cheating on me? And he was like, yeah, I had sex. With you. I had sex with her the day Ryan was born. And it was like, ooh. And then Ryan was like, or Brenda was like, we're not a family. We're never going to be a family. And, and Ryan's fantastic acting by ryan like i don't give a fuck this this scene was just a shit show but his acting was on point like he was broken by this Mm -hmm. and you could tell he Mm -hmm. was absolutely broken by this and he was just like this doesn't matter like why are we like you know me like like this is cereal that we talking about like i'm trying to save his life and y'all got y'all petty shit going on and this is fucked up and and i'm brenda's just like hey um this is all there is. This is like, what we have. This is this is all there is. Like they this this ain't no family, dog. Like you Bro, think we're family is one of the worst people on TV. That nigga's horrible. He gets worse. He is horrid. He gets worse. And so uh Ryan's mom is like, well, me, you, and Sarah will be our own family. And let's get him a good defense. And that's when the episode fucking ends. Oh, no, she plays the piano to nobody in the, in the fucking crowd. Yeah. Yeah, she don't even play nothing that really sounds like sad or some shit like that. She just kind of plays a couple of notes. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, no, I need you to like really get in there. Like, even if they do the whole fucking um, Lucifer thing where you don't actually see his hands and him playing at the same time. Like, I need you to do that. I need I mean, you to like get in there and play something that fucking sounds sad. Play Lacrimosa or something. Like, don't just ding, ding anything. Ding. Yeah, fuck that shit. You know that happened. So, but yeah, but yeah, the father the father gets worse. Mm. Next season. Mm. Okay. Yep. So, I feel like. I feel like, as mad as it made me, Brass won this episode. Did he? Yeah, he thinks he did. Yeah, no, he did. He definitely did. Yeah, he 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 won, big time. That check had his name on it. He won. Exactly. The only problem is apparently Rebido has a first round uh, conversation with God, like like can directly talk. To God, so somebody X gonna give it to you. That's basically it. That's all I'm gonna say. I don't. I don't know how it's gonna happen. I'm gonna keep watching because apparently I can't quit. I. I. I I'm we, mad. We can, we can reevaluate. I. I. I promise you, I'm not gonna hold you to nothing past episode eight. Man, episode anything past episode eight is completely up to y'all. I know that I would like to finish. <laughs> I know I would like to finish, 
But once we get to episode eight, if y'all want to do the whole thing where we do two episodes, uh, we might want to do that so we can hurry up and get through the shit. Because, uh, like I said, episode eight is like it's not even jumping the shark. They jumped the fucking Meg. So so fucking Meg, the Meg. So here's how I feel right now watching this shit. If I find my soul in this place, or I am lost forever. <laughs> uh, the Meg is coming, and they're going to jump the fuck out of that shit, dog. Oh, I want to do two episodes so I can get to that quick. Fuck, I'm ready. Yeah, that shit, I'm telling y'all, dog. Like, you... That's that's that is the line. That is the line that if y'all don't want to go anywhere further past that line, I would, I would, I would be okay with that. But we have to get to that line. Well, thank y'all so much for listening. If you want to leave a review, uh, you can leave a review on Podchaser. Then go ahead and copy that and paste it on the Apple Podcast. Then go ahead and copy that and paste it on the Good Pods. Uh, five stars only, please. And if you don't leave five stars, just let us know why. If it's because of Scar, we understand. Let them know on Twitter. Yeah, that's Brandon's new thing. If you got funk, let us know on Twitter. Don't be that dude. Um, yeah, the Meg is coming, and not and not Meg Griffin. <laughs> who who surprisingly her name is not Megan. I didn't know that. Someone shared a clip. Um, her name is actually Megatron. Really. Yes, there's a clip of Family Guy where um she's at school and some some kids walk up to her and is like, "Hey, Megan." She was just like, "Oh, oh, you were talking to me." And she's like, "My name is not actually Megan." And then they show the clip of uh her her mom handing the birth certificate to her dad and the dad changing her name to Megatron right before he handed <laughs> it. <in. laughs> That's such a Peter Griffin thing to do. That's so Peter Griffin. You know what? I'm not mad. It ain't tricking if you got it. Like <laughs> the nickname is gonna be the same, but I know I named my child Megatron, and that makes me so fucking happy. He named his daughter Megatron. It still makes me happy. You know what? That would make me smile, and I would I I I'd be very pleased. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, 916-633-1537. Uh, you can email us at return to Oswald at gmail.com. Uh, cool thing about emailing us is that we actually talk back. Um, you can donate to the show at patreon.com slash single simulcast. We are now putting all the synopsises of the episodes on Patreon so you can read them there and then follow along with the show. Um, you can also donate to the show. That's the $5 level, by the way. You can also donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com slash sscast. Or again, at Good Pods, uh, you can go to the tip jar and leave us a tip. All money goes towards, um, well, really buying books for Ratchet Book Club, buying movies for Hindsight, and then buying tequila after we watch this bullshit. And, and um, you, do you think after, after episode eight, we should do a a live show of some sort, even like a Twitter Spaces or something like that. That'll be I fine. Think, I think that would be fucking. Great. That'll be fucking. That'll be wonderful. And we could have the people who know. The only problem I have, like, we got an email from somebody that I can't even read because I mean, it it the shit ain't even happened yet. Somebody spoiled something for you. Yes. Oh damn. Yes. 
So the shit ain't even happened yet. And so I just, when I saw that one little piece, I put it away. So listener from Australia. Damn, now I want to see that. A listener from Australia. Thank you so much. I will. I swear to God, as soon as this thing transpires, I'm going to um, read your email and we'll respond to it in real time at that point in time. But we did get an email and I did greatly appreciate it. Um, it came from uh, what was the listener's name? Andrea DeSantos from Australia. Yeah. Yeah, we have great listeners. Um, let me see. Was there anything else? Oh, yeah. Scar is on Twitter at Scarfinger. Uh, Brandon's on Twitter at that cool black nerd. That's BLK. Um, I'm on Twitter at Rashani. And the show is on Twitter at Retur- Return to Oswald. The next yeah. episode is the musical show. What? What are you talking about, Scar? The next episode is the musical show. But they hadn't even shown anybody in her fucking class, Scar. No, it's the musical show. No, 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 no. You're Wait, not you mean like everybody's singing like this an actual musical musical? Not necessarily, kind of. Um, the narrator is the narrator is gone. He was he was he was filming the Matrix. This so. the Matrix episode. So so they had to fill in. So that's how they filled in. Musicals. Fucking shit. <laughs> God damn it! You know what? I'm watching that shit tonight, dog. I need, I need it. I need this in my life. I, I'm, I'm racing to get to episode eight. I think I'm gonna watch that shit in advance. My, my HBO about to get cut off. So, I'll give you a password. You can just join mine. I can do that. I think. See, Maybe. see, Maybe. Brandon. See, Maybe. see. Meanwhile, you're talking about you need to get to that, and I'm like Stars. this. Scar's like a person who can't take a compliment. You gotta learn how to take a compliment, buddy. No, I don't take compliments very well. I, don't. I can tell. Alright. I I quit. <laughs> I quit. I watched no I fucking musical episode. I'm not. <laughs> you can't you can't quit until episode eight. Everything is pushing me towards quitting, dog. Every and like you, you got three. It's more like episodes. when they did that musical episode of um of the Flash. No, it's like after. It's like after. Well, they was kind of they were kind of cheating though because both uh the Flash and uh Supergirl were both on Glee at some point. It was like after uh both. Like well, after Ferris Bueller, when Cameron's dad's car got crashed into the woods. And after Project X, when they like burnt the house down, like everything's gonna make me want to quit. Everything you do makes me mad from this point forward and the rest of your life. And if y'all haven't seen Project X yet, fuck that movie. As an adult, fuck that movie. When I was a when when I was a young adult, fuck that movie. That movie made me mad. White kids destroying houses and shit. What the fuck are we coming to right now? That's some bullshit. Anyhow. Thank y'all so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Y'all be good. We're going to holler at you later. Peace. Peace.
this single simulcast. No, no, my dad, and you said.